I long for the nights where my mother would don an evening gown, punctuate every sentence of her lecture with the clicks and the clacks of her high heels as she strutted to the door and left a deep red imprint of her lips on my forehead before she allowed herself to be whisked away by her suitor of the night. Those nights were rare when your single mother works 12-hour shifts at a local nursing facility and comes back home to a long evening of drinking, loud television, and heated arguments with her children. This night was better than all the others because the universe had aligned the plans of everyone in her household to collide, leaving me behind for at least five hours worth of quiet alone time, something I rarely got. I was in my bedroom, my secret stash of snacks scattered all over my bed, and the one shared laptop we had in the house all to myself. I didn't know what I wanted to do first. Watch a movie? Sing along to karaoke songs on YouTube? Have a one-woman dance party? I settled upon watching a scary movie and turned off all the lights to set the mood. I was barely past the 30-minute mark when I heard a distant sound of snickering. For a few seconds, I convinced myself that it was just background noise in the movie that I was watching, but my reassurance faltered when I paused the film and still heard it. I was frozen in place. I didn't know what to do. I just waited for something to happen, but nothing did. I slowly shifted my position. The bed frame creaked under my weight as I did so. I planted both feet on the ground and paused for a few minutes. It was most likely one of my siblings who had came back early and was playing a prank on me, or it could have been one of the neighborhood kids. Whoever it was, I was a 16-year-old girl who wasn't taking any chances. I finally had the mind to scan the room for anything that I could use to defend myself. I shared my room with 6- and 8-year-old girls. The entire place was childproof and my best bet was a heavy sports trophy, but I figured that it was better than nothing. The snickering got louder and nearer. It turned into chuckles. I didn't know whether I wanted to wait in here until I was found or to do the finding myself. I took another long, hard look at the trophy in my hands and decided to wait. With each minute that had passed, the laughter increased in volume and enthusiasm. It sounded like a child who knew his parents were heading towards his hiding spot during a game of hide and seek, laughing with the voice of an adult. Then I heard what sounded like chairs being dragged across the hardwood floor. It didn't sound like it was with much purpose other than to clear them out of the way. A slippery, slobbery, wet noise followed suit. It sounded familiar, yet it wasn't one that I had particularly heard before. Whoever was in the kitchen was slamming, ripping apart and mushing whatever it had in its hands. I heard squishes and squeals, and I could only assume it was some sick psychopath with a fetish of breaking into houses and mutilating large animals. Whatever it was, he was laughing throughout. I was terrified. There was this stranger in my kitchen laughing manically as he seemingly prepared himself a snack on the counter. There was an intruder in the downstairs of my house, the place where I had left my cell phone. I turned around to look at my laptop, wondering if the police would be able to respond to emails. I decided to give it a try anyways and tiptoed back to my bed. My trembling fingers struggled to type slowly and quietly, but I eventually managed to send an email and post for help on social media. An excruciating seven minutes passed until I heard someone pull up in the driveway. It didn't sound like the police though. 
I heard the sounds of heavy footsteps running up the front door, frantically jamming a key into the keyhole and swinging the door open. The laughter stopped for a brief second before it turned back into a roaring guffaw. A shriek and an ear-piercing scream penetrated the silence of the neighborhood and whoever produced it turned around and ran towards the street, taking their screams with them. The manic laughter followed suit and I finally dared to run to my bedroom window. I saw my sister running down the street while screaming, trying to attract as much attention as she could. By the looks of it, she was succeeding. Running in the opposite direction was a naked man covered in a massive amount of blood that I had only seen before on television. He was still roaring with laughter as he disappeared out of sight. I watched out the window as a posse gathered just outside my house. My sister hadn't stopped screaming. I realized that she wasn't trying to attract attention, but she was actually hysterical. And I did not want to go downstairs to greet whatever had brought my sister to such a state. The crowd grew larger as flashing red and blue lights arrived and the footsteps stormed into my house. I heard curses and wretches downstairs before someone finally called out. All I could manage to produce at first was a squeak. A female police officer appeared in my doorway and asked me if I was alright. She told me to follow her with my eyes closed. Great advice for a rebellious teenager. I noticed her grasp become tighter when we reached the bottom of the stairs and I couldn't help treating myself to a peek. Through squinted eyes, I saw dismembered body parts of my mother neatly arranged beside her decapitated head on the kitchen counter. I passed out. 47 minutes. That's how long I spent listening to my mother being torn into, ripped apart, mutilated, and eaten. The person responsible for that ran straight to his nursing facility, straight to his bedroom, and straight into bed. He laughed as they restrained him to his bed. He laughed as he was taken away in cuffs. He laughed as he was locked up in a cell. He laughed as he made eye contact with me in the courtroom as a sentence was being announced. I wouldn't be surprised if he was still laughing when I strapped him to the chair. He will never laugh again, nor will my mother.